Welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host, Michael Trainer, and today's Mind Key is an extraordinarily special episode for me because in it I share more intimately and vulnerably about some of my earliest and most formative experiences. I actually studied with a traditional healer for two years in Sri Lanka. And I was interviewed after watching a show called The Twelve about um, these 12 profound indigenous leaders that come to New York to set the stage for a, uh, a wisdom council around what I would call sort of the SDGs plus, and the plus being um, a spiritual council, if you will, for shepherding us forward in this unique moment in time. And so I was uh, interviewed on this show, uh, Green Planet, Blue Planet, and I wanted to share the podcast uh, of my interview because in it I go into greater depths than I've ever gone before around my morning routine, around some of the ways in which I seek out the profound wisdom um, from indigenous cultures based on my formative experiences in Sri Lanka and beyond. Um, as well as my notion around, you know, sort of our approach forward in this critical impasse in time, uh, given where we are ecologically and the ecological challenges we face amidst this mass extinction and sort of approaching life and, and a different definition for exalting the billionaire and having that billionaire be around service rather than simply venerating those that accumulate wealth. So I go pretty deep. Um, definitely go check out Green Planet, Blue Planet, and uh, and Julian. He's a super compelling guy. I, I met him this night and was just asked to sit for this interview. And I wanted to share it with my audience. I'll also link to his show below. But um, on today's Mind Key, I just thought it would be really uh, helpful, hopefully, for some of you to understand a little bit more of my why behind the podcast and my point of view. So without further ado... Please listen to this special episode of Mind Key um, from the Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast uh, with Julian Gunderly. Check it out. So we're here after a screening of the movie The Twelve from the Seattle Foundation. I'm here with Michael Trainer. Yes, honored to be with you. Yeah, it's an honor to be with you. And it's a great context, actually, to sit here in Beverly Hills after watching a movie about ancestral wisdom created yep. by... Yeah, a foundation of nine people called the Seattle Foundation. And Michael, I just want to I want to get a little bit of the, the atmosphere you picked out from this movie because I know you're surrounded by a lot of wisdom and different lineages. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think for me it was I didn't have a tremendous amount of exposure coming in, which I think is all, actually oftentimes very beautiful because you don't come in with any expectations or pre preconceived notions. And um, what resonated with me about the film is I think you know, there's been a great forgetting um, because uh, in our in our Western culture and, and, and in, in our desire to, to move quickly, we often forget to listen. And so what I loved about the film was it was about the deep listening and the, and the incredible wisdom that comes from the indigenous peoples around the planet. Um, and I had the good fortune of, of living and studying with um, some of those communities in, in southern Sri Lanka for a couple of years of my life which was very transformative for me. And so what I loved about the film was it evoked that, that, that sense within of what is possible. And also what I loved about it was it, it, was, it spoke to our collective possibility. Um, it wasn't, 
there was beautiful cast of characters from all over the world from these various traditions, but it was really about our collective unconscious and our collective uh, potential mm -hmm. to me and about the unraveling of that potential and hopefully the shepherding of that potential towards its greatest realization. How do you, in your own words, describe this potential? Because we've just seen it, um, multiple elders from different cultures really describe the same state of the world and the same hope for the world, right? Mm. But in your own worlds, if, if you were to describe the potential of humanity in 2019 as we're kind of emerging into kind of what feels like a post-shift era. Well, I think there's different ways to approach that question. I mean, so as you, you frame it around 2019, You know, ecologically, obviously, we're in a, an incredibly pivotal moment in time. Some say we're, we have approximately about 12 years before sort of irreparable, uh, sort of the point of no return and exponential sort of systems collapse, if you will. Um, we are amidst a mass extinction. Um, that said, I, I'm also particularly of, of uh, may, maybe a delusional but pragmatic optimist, and I think that... Um, And maybe this goes to my own belief, but I think that there's this, there's actually a mathematical cosmologist named Brian Swim, and he talks about mm -hmm. how we're in this very unique, very unique band as a, as a planet, as a planet within a solar system and as a solar system within the, the universe. And he talks about sort of the hawk and the rabbit and how they have evolved their unique nature in relationship to each other and that predatory prey, that dynamic tension forcing sort of a commensurate evolution. And so my hope is and my belief is while we are amidst such profound challenges, I believe that there is a commensurate wisdom that is wanting to be birthed and mm -hmm. unfolded. I think that the indigenous are very close to that wisdom and if you will, shepherds of that wisdom. I think many of us have unfortunately forgotten Our way, but my hope is that um, that we can, in, if we can get that collective listening together as humanity, there's a profound potential to be born in our collective unconscious of the ways back to where we need to be. And to me, where we need to be, at least what the gentleman that I studied with, um, a gentleman by the name of Bandu Wijesuri, he called it sort of the heart rhythm. Mm -hmm. And in sort of traditional Sri Lankan culture, there really wasn't a word for privacy, nor was there a word for possession. So wow. one, one exists in relationship to the whole. Everything in relationship, yeah. So when someone fell out of balance or into dis-ease, it was the role of the entire community. And, that, and they spent literally weeks preparing an entire palm fraud city to cosmologically recreate from sunset to sunrise their collective worldview with the intention of bringing that one person back into the wholeness because they knew that they were inextricably linked. And so I think that, my, you know, and he, he, he basically called this the heart rhythm, but the, the essence of health is balance. And obviously at the moment we're off balance. However, my hope is that we can collectively move more towards a balanced worldview. And I, and I think it's both in celebrating um, the tremendous wisdom of our indigenous cultures as well as, you know, we're not going to stop technology. So, yeah. so it's how do we, how does the, you know, the singularity, as they call it, move in a way that is in harmony with that traditional wisdom. Super interesting question. Yeah. Because especially when we listen into the ancestral wisdom uh, kind of direction, there's a lot of, uh, I would say, legacy mythologies, sayings about these next seven years, these next 10, 12 years, from a very pragmatic point of view. 
we, we might literally screw up this planet otherwise. Right? From a traditional ancestral point of view, there's a spirit opening. But then from an AI point of view, this is the timeline of singularity at the same time where non, no human at the current uh, moment can really predict what's going to happen. Yeah. But it's all converging kind of at the same moment as we're evolving. It's a fascinating time to be alive, actually. Yeah, absolutely. One could look at it uh, from through the eyes of, of fear because um, it is... I mean, there are lots of things that one could uh, be fearful of. That said, what a time to be alive. I mean, mm. there, the ability, I mean, that was one of the things that was so profound about the film. I love seeing the San people, in, yeah. you know, encountering New York and just the, the pureness of their spirit and their joy, in, in, at least in my interpretation, of encountering New York. But, but you know the simple but profound reckonings and realizations where they encountering the, de the developed quote unquote world for the first time and being like in New York city, well, there's no trees, you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, which is part of the reason which I love New York city, but part of the reason yeah. I had to leave cause I, 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 but I love that they found the little places in nature, which is exactly what I used to do in New York, which go to central park or go to the river yeah. because that's the, that's where you can go back into the listening. Mm -hmm. You can connect into the listening. Yeah. Exactly. And, and there's, but, but also, I mean, there's so many incredible aspects to that modern, to modern culture as exemplified in, in a place like New York mm -hmm. City, right? The, the melting pot of all these different cultures and creativity and, you know, jazz yeah, music. Especially and in New York, yeah. Yeah, especially in New York. But, but, but man, it really just, it's such a juxtaposition to see also these, the purity of these civilizations that have as yet been untouched by our kind of current paradigm of thinking and the way that they, um, the way that they dealt with, uh, being in a place like New York and still relied on their ways. And I what I loved about it was it's, it uh, collectively, they all led with, uh, gratitude mm -hmm. and they all led with seeing other people. And the thing that struck me was yeah. Hassan saying, Wow, you know, we, we, we walked here and, and people have forgotten their way because they forget to acknowledge each other, basically, as they were walking down the street. Much, and yeah. to me, that was in some ways one of the more powerful parts of the film. Having lived in Canada for the last 10 years on uh, an island called Vancouver Island, I, yeah. I definitely relate. People greet each other. Yeah. And it's, it's the most normal thing. And when that is lacking, one of the very simple pieces of how our souls connect yes. is lacking. Yeah. So I have a question for you because we're speaking about this paradigm of thinking we're in, mm. how can one, how, how can uh, the people that are listening mm. relate to that in their daily life? Like, how do you relate to stepping out of this paradigm of thinking into a place of listening, into receiving um, kind of maybe even instructions from a place of heart, a place of spirit, and a place of also, of course, uh, a powerful intellectual mind? What's a daily mm. practice or a daily way of grounding that in? Oh, yeah, you know, for me, I mean, it, start, it starts with how you greet your day. I mean, I think there's a beautiful principle which is really segmenting, right? Like how do we stack a moment? How do we become fully present each moment? And how do we stack our days? And how does how does one live their ideal day as if it were a microcosm of their you know of their life? You know, uh, to me that's a great exercise to live on purpose. So that starts for me with my for me it's a morning routine, um, and when I wake up, I I. I you know, and I'm not perfect, so I don't want to be, uh, there's no, and this is in no way preachy. This is just the, what I've been playing with, but, um, it's really starting the day with gratitude. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a, uh, I have a little, uh, 
it's like a it's called a pocket sauna, a uh, full spectrum infrared sauna that yeah. actually uh, shields EMF. And I go in there, and it's it's just there's nothing, there's no windows even actually. It's like a it's like a tent, um, but I go in there for my meditation, and it's just a place for me to be with me, and to really set my intention. And, uh, and then I do when I'm good and I have enough time, I'll do my journaling and, and I love to carve that time out before touching technology to really be with myself. Um, but, but also, you know, um, you, you know, as I mentioned to you briefly, I, I started this podcast and for me, that's been about exactly what you're doing, right? This inquiry of like, how do I reach out? Um, it's called peak mind, but how do I reach out to these peak minds, right? These, yeah. these folks so that I can be in the listening with folks who I respect for an aspect of the way that they live their life. And so for me, it's also an active process, right? It's like, how do I create a platform, a platform with the intention of giving, right? And how do I then open myself to be a vessel and utilize that platform to connect with those I respect or admire for a certain aspect of their life, such that it's of most value to other people. And I think in being in that position of service, it's been the greatest gift for me. This is fascinating because it, it again kind of connects the daily ritual, the daily practice, which is really also a dedication and commitment to self. Yeah. Connects it though with the logical stream of thinking. Hey, so, so this can be a way of how I live my life. Business can turn into a spiritual practice yeah. of me really showing up for my own evolution and therefore sitting as, as you said, uh, peak minds, sitting with those peak minds that are actually living the message and That's right. reading it out loud for humanity. That's right. Yeah, no, I, I think, and I like what you said where you touched on the business part because I think for a long time, and I think many people in, um, live under this belief that somehow business is not spiritual, if mm -hmm. you will, right? Like, or at least I, I shared that view for a long time, which I think was, a, for me, frankly, was a limiting belief. And fortunately now I'm, I'm, I'm more living into the idea that actually every, every aspect of our life is an extension of, you know, it's, it's, there's no, there's no like, you know, in a way that's almost another form of spiritual bypassing. It's yeah, like, totally. it's like, you know, our business is how we spend the majority of our time. It's our gift to the world. And so, and ultimately, um, having lived most of my life working and building nonprofits, um, which, which are absolutely beautiful. And I think tonight's foundation is a case in point. I also think given the scale and the pace at which we're moving, we need, we need ethical businesses because, <coughs> pardon me, because it's so essential based on the speed uh, at which they can work. And frankly, their response to the market, you know, they're market responsive. And so I think that finding, um, what I, yeah, ethical businesses, triple bottom line, this sort of notion of, of, of impact being an aspect of the bottom line. And really, what if we, what if we redefined, and this is, this is not my own, but I love this, this kind of, this sort of mental anchor. It's like, what if we stop looking and exalting billionaires simply who have amassed tons of wealth? And what if we looked at a billionaire as someone who touched the lives of a billion people? How powerful. And, and by the way, if someone touched the lives of a billion people in service, they would be a very wealthy person yeah. because it's actually in the gift of our service that we receive. We receive the, the true depth in life, right? The, beyond, the, beyond the true depth, the linear. However you want to perceive it, that is what is wealthy, right? Like mm -hmm. the, there's that beautiful, and that can, that can be even material. But it's like, like a vibrational billionaire. Yeah, vibrational yeah. and and what so yes, the vibrational billionaire who who likely wouldn't necessarily you know 
wouldn't necessarily be attached to the material rewards. However, if you serve a billion people, material rewards will come to you because that's the piece I think most people miss is they get into the pursuit of the material thinking it will lead to happiness. Right. But actually it's in the being of service that that material wealth would come because ultimately that's what it is, right? Like in its truest sense, money is a form of exchange. And if you are adding value to people's lives and if you add value to a billion people's lives, you will be extraordinarily wealthy, yeah. right? Spiritually, materially, in, in every way, right? Because you're coming from a place of service. So I think that's that's one beautiful thing. The other thing that just came to me as we were talking is, and I, and I don't actually recall the quote, but I encourage people to look it up, but yeah. it, it does come as a relief where the Dalai Lama talks about how, you know, the sort of the fallacy of our pursuit of wealth. It's like the, the mm-hmm. it, 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 in and of itself, right? Like we pursue, we per, pursue the wealth, you know, forsaking our health in that pursuit. And then look to spend all of our wealth to get back our health, right? It's, yeah. all, it's like we're chasing our tail. And it's harder that we're missing the actual balance point. That's yeah. right. Yeah. We're, and so therefore we're not fully present. We're living. And then once we get to the future, we're actually trying to recuperate the past. So it's this, it's the total, it's the illusion. It's the Maya. It's, it's our, it's our, it's our, yeah, it's where we get lost. Absolutely. And, and this is our daily practice to find ourselves in it again, right? Yes. So maybe the, the logical follow-up question Personally speaking, what what is happiness mm. for you? It's a beautiful question because I actually, and this is this was interesting. I, I took a moment today to well, I have like a, a a walk that I like to do along the canals here in Venice, and it's springtime, so I'm smelling the jasmine. And today I actually just like was really grateful, and because I felt happy. And it was interesting because yesterday um, uh, at yoga, this yoga studio I go to, Moto, um, this w- woman in front of mine asked me, she's like, what's one word you would use to describe this one person? And the word I used was magical. And as I was walking around, I was like, what's the one word you would use to describe me? It was just a cu- curiosity. And it was interesting. She's like, sunshine. And I was like, whoa. Like, that was such a gift. (laughs) And then as I was walking out of the changing room, another gentleman who works there, he's like, yeah, you're always shining. And he's like, you're our our honorary chief happiness officer. And so I was like, wow, that's such a sharp relief for me. Because two years ago, three Mm -hmm. years ago, that was, I don't feel like I showed up in, in the same way. And so to me, it's that state of being and, and really for me, I think happiness is gratitude because I feel like I, my, it's a, it's more of a consistent practice. I'm not perfect by any means. We, none of us are. No, are we meant know. to be. Yeah. No, no, no. But to me, perfect, happiness, gratitude, right. Is, is, is that thing that no one can take away from you, right? It's the ultimate essence. And, and it's very hard to be angry or judgmental in gratitude. And even those in the most you know, the darkest of circumstances, like Victor Frankl, you know, man's search for meaning, you know, it's like that ultimate agency that one has where it's like, even in the darkest of hours, if you can find that within yourself, there's, there's freedom. And to me, the freedom comes from that, that essential gratitude for what, for what is and your responsiveness to what is in every moment. Wow. Your responsiveness to what is in every moment, because yeah. that's truly also our human gift, right? The ability to adapt to any given circumstance, to use our mind, to use our prefrontal cortex, to use our hearts and the intuitive intelligence that kind of channels through it. Yeah. 
Wow, I have one last question that is the question that made me start the podcast Green Planet, Blue Planet and kind of continues through the media pieces I create. Yeah. And it has to do with the vision for Earth that you were able to see, feel and hear in your spaces of listening. So if you were to tap into, let's go a little bit further out on it, the next 100 to 200 years on this planet, what is it that you truly desire or hope for or can, can imagine? Hmm. Well, what I truly desire for is, is a reckoning, you know, and, and what I mean by reckoning is that there's a, there's a recognition of our interconnectedness and our interdependence. Um, there's, a, there's a text in Hawaiian Buddhism called the Jewel Net of Indra, mm-hmm. and it talks about um, this web of existence, that we are all interdependent and we're all interconnected. And within each node of that web lies... The, the totality of potential and possibility, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it goes on in, in, in infinitely. And so for me, I think what I wish for is that we wake up to the delusion of our separation, that we, that we, that we wake up to the fact that we are interconnected and interdependent with each other, um, with, with, with all the creatures and all, all, all of nature, uh, all of the things that is this, this wonderful planet. And that, um, you know, there was a piece in the movie actually where they talked about, you know, interesting enough to bring it full circle, you know, the, 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 the relief of, we give you these gifts in, in speaking for the planet. All we ask is that you take what you need and only what you need and that you do it in gratitude. And I remember going to the Standing Rock Reservation with a a, a group of veterans, um, and the the elder there said to the veterans, which was such a beautiful way of, uh, if you will, um, establishing a a why or an intention. And he said, whatever you do, walk with your, as if it's your prayer. And so my, my, my vision is that we come back to whatever that notion of prayer is for you, that we come back to the notion of our collective prayer and we walk in tune with that prayer collectively and that that prayer acknowledges and honors that which is this gift, which is this incredible planet. This incredible planet. Yeah. This beautiful planet Earth that, that, that carries us, that gives us life, that knows that we're worthy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, yeah. To bring it back to what we were talking about earlier with that Brian, it's like the gift that we are here and now and alive. I mean, if you go into us as humans, like the one in a trillion chance that you would have actually been born, I mean, in terms of like sperm and egg, the the, the fact that like taking it beyond you, the fact that we are in this particular point in time, the dynamic tension, which is the earth and its gravitational relationship to the sun, which by the way, you know, it, that t- tension keeps us from being ravaged or consumed. Absolutely. We're in this very unique temperature, which no other planet in the solar system has. Like, so many aspects are totally miraculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we are living in a freaking miracle. You know what I mean? And if only we all uh, recognize that and the right. abundance yeah. that, that is there for everyone when we act in harmony, then um, then that would be a true gift. And, and my hope is that um, we can both honor that which was the traditional wisdom of our ancestors and of the great indigenous wisdom that was uh, here, that is here, and also, um, you know, simultaneously 
integrate that which is our natural evolution, whatever that looks like, which is happening so quickly yeah. in such a way that we can find balance. Wow. Thank you so much for spending this this short time with me right here and yeah. uh, dropping in right after the movie. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's such an honor to, to really feel how alive we all are when we're tapping into purpose and when we're realizing there's so much more to this life than uh, numbers and spreadsheets, but there is an actual miracle going on just by floating in space every day. Oh my God, yeah. And, and that's what I wish. I wish for anyone listening or watching that they feel the vitality of their life on purpose. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Julian. Uh, if you did, please uh, check out his podcast, uh, Green Planet, Blue Planet. And also, please subscribe to Peak Mind. And if you enjoyed uh, either, why don't you go ahead and leave us a rating and review. mean the world to me because uh, you know these, these messages and these communities grow based on your engagement and uh, it just means the world to me whenever uh, folks go ahead and, and leave a rating and review or send me a comment um, and or on social go ahead and post um, and, and tag at Michael Train to let me know where you're listening because uh, always means the world to me to uh, share these messages out and know that they're being received and hopefully uh, they'll grow and be received by more people And with feedback, um, I can continue to share that which is most valuable to you. So sending you lots of love and inspiration and hoping you are out there living your inspired life.